Blog Talk Radio. and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know I made a big deal that this stayed quiet you know and, and you know first of all you know what I was doing I was um, you know part of the rumors are things fly out of that building and so I wanted to see could I trust this building
that's an awesome deal. And I understand. I think just from being around it, from being a football fan, being up there in Stanford, playing for Bill, um, being around Ronnie and feeling his presence, to Tina Turner and Bill Ringmore on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises in football. And the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that, that 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 just got me. And so What's up y'all? It's your boy Niner Faithful. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope everyone had a blessed week. Uh today me and Adam are gonna be reviewing uh Niners and Chargers and of course be taking your calls and texts. I think we're gonna have a, a special guest on today if he can get off and, and and work in enough time. So I'm looking forward to that. Um the number to call in is 646-668-8467, and the number to text in the show is 408-785-3015. But before we get started today, make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio, and um, go ahead and look at all the reward tiers we got for you to contribute to this show. I mean, we got things like we're going to be doing a fan of the week. Um, we're going to be trying to get some money together and some sponsorships together to, to fly people out here to see the Niners or, or if they live out here to, to get them tickets to the game. So go ahead and go to patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio and go ahead and check that out. Also, if you want to save on your ticket, concert, show, whatever type of um, tickets that you have, go to seatgiant.com. Use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio. That's all one word: N I N E R F A I T H F U L R A D I O, and you'll save as well as help the show out. So that site again is cgiant.com forward slash Niner Faithful, or use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio at cgiant.com. Also, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com. That email, again, is NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com. Or message me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for details. Also, if you or you know somebody that has selling advertising experience, go ahead and have them hit me up on, on that email or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um. Yeah, so uh, we, we're, we're looking to hire some uh, advertising sellers But before we get started on today's show, I have to bring on a special guest real quick Hey mama Yeah Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you Happy birthday dear mama Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mama. Thank, thank you. Okay, so, um, all right, Mama, um, I'll go ahead and I'll call you after I'm done with the show and everything, but I wanted you to listen. I was going to sing you happy birthday on air so everybody knows today is my Mama's birthday. Okay, all right. Thank you, honey. All right, Mama, I'll put you on mute so you can listen to the rest of the show. Okay, all right. All right, Mama. Love you. Love you, love you too, Mama. Um, all right, so now that that's out of the way, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, bring Adam on 
for today. What's up, Adam? How you doing, bro? Not too bad, my man. Thanks for having me on today, TJ. Of course, of course. No problem, bro. No problem. So, um, before we get started with today's show, um, I kind of did this last moment, so I wasn't able to, to message you. I had to do, um, when you're on general assistance and food stamps out here in Santa Clara County, they make you volunteer uh, for the city. So I was doing my volunteer work today. So I've been up since like five in the morning. <laughs> so today was kind of thrown off. But in celebration of my mama's birthday, uh, October 1st, we're going to go ahead and, and go back to October 1st, 1961, the day my mama was born. Yeah, I know my mama's going to get kind of mad that I kind of told everybody her age. But I always I thought this was kind of cool when I was looking up um, information for this date in our history for, I believe, the first week of the season, or maybe it was the second. Um, I was looking up home openers and our record and home openers and whatnot, and I came across this little tidbit um, I came up to the year 1961, and I thought, huh, let me go ahead and look to see if we played on my mama's birthday. And I came to find out not only did we play on my mama's birthday, but we also um, played the Lions, which is my mama's favorite team because she's from Detroit. So literally, maybe as my mama was getting born, the Niners were playing the Lions. And so I thought that was kind of – I thought I would do that as, as the state in Niner history. Um, so we smashed on them 49 to nothing. Uh Bill Kilmer, which is, uh, from what I understand, what I've read about Niner history, Bill Kilmer was more of the runner out of the shotgun formation, and John Brody was the one that passed more. Um, Kilmer had two rushing touchdowns. John Brody had – oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, Kilmer had the rushing touchdown, and John Brody threw for two touchdown passes. Uh, Old school running back. Bob Waters had a touchdown, and Monty Sickles also had a touchdown with Clyde Connor also having a touchdown. Uh, we got six turnovers. Um, Hall of Famer uh, Jimmy Johnson came up with a pick as well as – I had it right here. What was it? Uh, this is kind of embarrassing. I have a lot of people listening to this show. Um, Abe Woodson, Hall of Famer um, – Jimmy Johnson had a pick as well as Abe Woodson had two picks. And Dave Baker, who I've never heard, also had two picks. So um, that's this little date in Niner history. Um, I always like kind of doing that segment. So um, I know that Adam probably doesn't have much to comment on that game because I have no clue <laughs> about that game. And I'm pretty sure you're not really um, well-versed in 1961 49er history. Nope, I am not, my friend. Uh, thank you for uh, not going too hard on me there. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going to be mad because um, it's always interesting when I do these this date and Niner histories because um, I a lot of times I have no clue who. Not, not I shouldn't say no clue who these players are. Um, but. I always kind of find it interesting, like, because I'm like, I have no idea who this is or no idea about this game. I mean, it's, I, I kind of that's kind of the purpose of it. I, I try to bring uh, little cool little tidbits and dates in Niner history. I try to find uh, whether it was a coach's first game or it was a real famous game in Niner history or something. I try to bring a little little knowledge 
to the show. I try to make everybody a little bit smarter. But um, so okay, we got Niners Chargers. Um, I think uh, as everyone knows, we we lost twenty nine to twenty seven yesterday uh, to the Chargers. Beathard had two ninety eight. Um, I think that me and Adam are in agreement that C.J. Beathard is not the reason we lost that game yesterday. No, definitely not. Are you kidding me? The guy played lights out. The two picks that obviously he quote-unquote threw weren't on him. They both were both deflections that obviously uh, ended up causing, uh, causing the, the interceptions to begin with. So uh, great game, actually. Absolutely great game. Put all on the line, rushing, picked up rushing yards, did whatever you had to do. And you can tell Play like a guy that uh, not necessarily nothing to lose because obviously it's early in the season. You don't want to play like literally like reckless like it's the last couple of weeks. But uh, I thought he did everything he could put us in position to win. And uh, honestly, I think it really comes down to if Selleck just holds on to that damn ball on first and goal, probably end up winning that one. Like like I, like I said, in hindsight, I really felt that. I mean, obviously the obvious quote unquote pick. You know, which Shanahan was um, – Shanahan, obviously, without saying the first one, wasn't his fault. Um, Shanahan said that he, he could have – uh, Bedford could have got the ball out faster on, on the second one because Breida was, was leaking out as a hot route. But, um, yeah, that was kind of a I, – I would put that more on Derwin James making a great play than C.J. Bedford making a horrible decision or holding onto the ball too long or anything like that. Um, really, the second one is obviously the one that literally ended it. But in hindsight, that last drive, because you could literally feel that, that the momentum had, had clearly switched after, after – I mean, we had all the momentum. We were marching down the field. You know, I, there was no possible way I didn't think we weren't going to score a touchdown and take the lead again. And, you know, next thing I know, the ball b- bounces off of Selleck's hands, and it's damn near a pick six. I mean, if C.J. Beathard doesn't, you know, hustle his ass down there and, and slow him down so we could, you know, push him out of line, out of bounds, um, it, it, it we definitely, um, you know, would have been a pick six. But, I feel that if you're going to take away – I tried to start off the show with positives, so I think if you're going to take positives away f- from yesterday's game, it's like we both said and agreed, C.J. Beathard played lights out. I mean, it's – you can clearly see that I don't recall too many – he only took one sack, and I don't recall too many times he held on the ball too long. Um, he was fairly accurate throughout the whole game. Um, he wasn't no Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, I'm not disappointed with that. Uh, George Kittle, I think we're slowly starting to see George Kittle um, emerge as a star tight end. I don't want to say superstar, you know, yet, but, I mean, I was just reading here the Niners had put out an article. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and find it right now. Um, Kittle is ranked, uh, has 200. Oh, man, I just had it right now. Uh, George Kittle. Wow, I just had it. 
Um, what are we talking about? Receiving yards like the last couple of weeks or something? Uh, no, it was it was it was um, he's ranked. Yeah, okay, here it is right here. 218 yards after the catch through four weeks of the season. His 218 yards are ranked third in the league behind Alvin Kamara of the Saints and Saquon Barkley of the Giants. So I think you could start to say that Kittle's going to be a star. I mean, it's – Pro Bowler. Pro, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I can accept Alert, saying you know, Pro Bowler. We all know the Pro Bowl sometimes a little wishy-washy. But, yeah, I think that's a good goal for him, especially in the second year. Yeah, 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 definitely Pro Bowl. And, I mean, I think what you're you're seeing is maybe obviously not with everybody, but, but there was rumors that, that they wanted to take George Kittle in the third round, but just high, had C.J. Beathard and Akilla Witherspoon rated higher. And so and then so when he was available for them in the fifth round, I mean, anytime you, you can – get a, a person you have projected as a third-round talent in the fifth round, you're doing cartwheels all the way to, to turn that pick in. And I think sure. what you're seeing is, is and where I think uh, I was discussing this with um, Carlos Niner Don, um, OG of, of, of mine in the 408 chapter, and I said, George Kittle, to me, it, it at, you hear 6'4 and 250 and you think, a big person, but George Kittle isn't that big. But I think that that's the way Shanahan wants it because what you saw yesterday is he was wide open. So that's clearly a scheme. That's a that that's clearly a, a scheme thing. But what you yep. saw was his speed, and you saw that he has a four or five. And most tight ends don't have four or five. And when you get four or five wide open, you have an eighty-two yard touchdown, which is the longest in franchise history by a tight end. So I think that that, that that's kind of when 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 you're talking about a franchise that had Brett Jones and Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker, I, I think you're 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 speaking in pretty high company. <laughs> For sure. And uh, second so, year in, you know, people kind of forget that. Um, sorry to interrupt you there. If you have something else to add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Um, no, I was just gonna say a uh, as we remember, he dealt with injuries last year as well, and it was, was kind of a reason that he didn't start coming along towards the end of the year. So, uh, you know, coming from Iowa, they ran a post-style offense as well. Uh, but still, you know, second year in the scheme and dealing with some injuries, it's like, you know, he once again, he, he, he hasn't even had a full season of games underneath his belt yet, to be honest. And uh, to also add a little fun fact that I thought about kind of earlier, people are really underestimating um, – the connection of C.J. Beathard and George Kittle. you got to remember, going back to Iowa, so they've been playing together now for like was, five years. I was just – and they were also roommates. Maybe six at, at Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It, it, they were also roommates. I don't know if they were roommates. Um, I know what, what a lot of – what a lot of people do in, in, in college is, is they, they have the dorm experience for, you know, a year or two. And then and then they just go ahead and move off of campus. So I don't know exactly, but I know very well um, they were giving a post-draft interview with C.J. Beathard talking about how him and George Kittle were roommates at Iowa. And um, it's kind of funny because it, it's they hardly ever threw the ball to George Kittle. And so, it, but I, I think that I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to try my hardest to get it out tomorrow, or at least have it done and ready to be uh, edited. 
I'm doing a blog of five players that need to step up. Um, I'm thinking about five players that need to, for nothing but Niners, I'm doing a blog, uh, five players that need to step up at, um, in order, now that Jimmy Garoppolo is out of, um, now that Jimmy Garoppolo is out of, um, out, out for the season, five players that kind of need to step up. George Kittle is not going to be one of them because I, I, I kind of find it very hard to um, – a little spoiler alert, George Kittle and Matt Breida aren't going to be one of them because I feel that I know he's probably not leading the NFL in, in rushing right now. He, he had uh, to my disappointing game yesterday. Uh, I'll go ahead and look yeah. up the stats. and stuff. He's but, at number three right now. Number three? Number three, okay. Yep. But somebody – I think that we can both agree that Matt Breida hasn't been a disappointment. If anything, he's been a surprise. So oh, yeah, and uh, I am going to mention in this article though that one of the things that cannot be overlooked is is it's the age old saying in football: uh, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend, or a young quarterback's best friend, and also the connection between Iowa and you know, between George Kittle. And also, I think what needs to also be looked at and is not getting a lot of uh, recognition uh, is, as you mentioned, uh, Iowa runs a, a pro-style offense. And so yep. in, the development, uh, in the development of a quarterback, which you, which you're having an issue with, is a lot of these quarterbacks who come from spread offenses they've never or have hardly ever taken a snap on under center. Right. And so I think that, that what you've been able to see and a lot of the growth that we can all say that C.J. Beathard had is due to the fact that he didn't have to spend a lot of time, you know, learning how to, to – um, not a lot of time learning how to take a snap under center, how, footwork, uh, the fundamentals of a play action – you know, things like that. So he was able to study the playbook. And I think that this should it be very encouraging and Niner fans should be looking forward to the fact is that this has been mentioned a lot is Matt Ryan. It took about Matt Ryan is openly admitted. It took about two years, about a year, yep. year and a half to fully get under immersed into Kyle Shanahan's system. So if you look back and you say, well, huh, C.J. Beathard's about a year and a half into Kyle Shanahan's system. And I'm not saying that C.J. Beathard's going to be Matt Ryan or, or they're going to have the type of success that, that the Falcons had that year. But I think that what a lot of people – I think a lot of people overreacted to the preseason. Oh, yeah, and, you, and, and I was one of them. I'm not going to lie. I, I was I – was, uh-huh. the, the thing that I think that was fair – was that you saw some of the same things that you saw last year in the preseason. Um, whatever happened, maybe the confidence he got from his teammates, um, the working, whatever happened, he clearly looked better than he did in the preseason. Now, that's not to say that he's not going to regress. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember, too, scheme is not much involved in shit like that in preseason. Excuse my language there. So, uh, you know, you know. Obviously, he wasn't. You're not placed in the best situation to look very good as a quarterback in preseason as well, when everything is dialed down in vanilla. Exactly. Just to be and fair, also, just to I be think, fair. which and also, I mean, Shanahan's 
ability to set teams up for things, to, to show a look in one week, to set up a different look. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a perfect example is if you go to Niner Faithful uh, Radio's Facebook page, and I'll try to sh- send it on Twitter. I'm going to try to make a more effort to be more active on Twitter. I, I know I'm not that very active on Twitter, so I'm, I'm going to try to make uh, more of an effort going forward with that. But um, it, it in the play, they talked about how in this 82-yard touchdown, how Shanahan – normally ran a play, I believe it was a, a a post, I believe. But the way that they had Kittle run it and the reason why he was so wide open and the safety slipped, which was the key to the touchdown, not the completion and the big play, but the touchdown was the safety slipping, was that if you watch Kittle run, he almost kind of did a, a fake where he acted like he was going to go to the post and then cut out. And that's why – and – I think that Shanahan's ability to do things like that. Well, you're not doing things like that in the preseason. You know, you're you're not. That's a that's a post, and, and you're. It's very. And I think obviously Shanahan will never let us know that. But a lot of what happens in the preseason is you're trying to as. The purpose of a preseason game is try to coaches are trying to control as much as possible, and they can never control the flow of the game. But, you know, you might say, oh, well, why are they going no huddle, for example? It doesn't make sense to go no huddle here. Well, you, you've got to figure they're probably trying to work no huddle in the game. You know, you, preseason is more about situations and, and evaluating situations. It's not so much game planning and, and you know, it's very, like you said, very right. vanilla. You just honestly so just trying to, like, win the snap by just, like, raw talent. Like, both yeah. the offense and the defense kind of knows what they're going to kind of do, whatever. It's pretty much just like, hey, just go. You got to beat your other guy. That's that's really what the what we're really preseason is for. Get the kinks out, you know, work on your ball security and all the BS like that. Exactly. And now I also think another positive that can't be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll switch to the negative vibe here in a second. But staying on the on the positive vibe is how well I want to give a big. Um, we don't do a. Maybe we should start doing a game ball segment, but um, I want to give a, a big game ball to um, Antonio Exum. Exum played uh, last week. I did the good, I, last week. I did the good, bad, and ugly, and I almost wanted to put Exum. Last week, Exum's game was was very up and down, as you would expect for his first game of the year. I mean, everybody last week was up and down in Kansas City, but. Sure. I wanted to put him in the good, but he made a, a, a couple of uh, mistakes, enough mistakes for me to not put him in the good, but he made too many plays for me to put him in the bad last week. I want to, yeah. but I definitely want to give him his shout outs for, for a two good weeks. Well, we can say that two, two good weeks of, of solid play and definitely showing improvement and cutting back on the mistakes. Um, for sure. Last year, now, made plays. Now, to, to 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 tone it down on the pick six a little bit. Philip Rivers did throw that exactly to him, but to give him props, he did say he tried to bait him, and you know it, it clearly worked. And he was he got a a sack last week, and um, uh, Sheldon Day only uh, got the only sack yesterday. But um, 
It's I definitely want to give a, a Niner Faithful. We'll, we'll say I give Niner Faithful Radio's first ever game ball to Antone Exum. Um, For sure, and you got to remember too. He was coming. He 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 was almost not even going to start. He was so banged up. I guess coming yeah. in low key. His quad, right? Wasn't it his quad? Uh, I'm not 100% on the injury. I just remember just seeing like what all of a sudden uh, Exum might not go either, and then he ended up starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, deserves a game ball. Um, Adam, we'll go ahead and have you give away one. Uh, game okay, ball. Okay, my game ball. Game. Shoot, I don't know. Uh, guess, damn. I don't know. I guess you know the top two choices are CJB and then Kittle. I don't know. Can we can we can we split that in half and just kind of give a half of to the both of them? Yeah, co game balls. I uh, like that. Yeah, I like I that. Know, did anybody else kind of stand out? Yeah, no, I'm not going to give it to anybody else. You know, Ferrari had his moments kind of early on. Uh, it, it, yeah, we'll, I don't know. We'll split it up between the offense. You know, it was good to see the okay, Iowa boys do their thing. So that was good. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll okay. So, sweet. So yeah. Exum and uh, George Kittle and uh, C.J. Beathard. Yeah, I, I think that that, yeah, I think that um, I think that that pretty much covers everybody. Offensive line, you can argue though the the circumstances that offensive line dealt with and all the injuries. I thought they played relatively well to uh, give C.J. a shot, in my opinion. So maybe maybe the offensive line should get the game ball from my behalf for possibly just kind of stringing it together and just riding it out. Um, I thought they did a good job yeah, with, all, you know, with all the injuries we 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 dealt with. Obviously, Staley didn't come back. Does he make enough of protection on that James blitz at the end that ended up leading to a pick? I don't know. He, yeah, I feel more comfortable with with, with going. Yeah, we'll go ahead and, and say uh, Anton Exum and uh, the O line with uh, with yeah. uh, honorable mention to CB uh, CJB. And uh, kettle corn. Yeah, I think that's how how we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. But yeah, to get to the now to get to the more negative um, kind of vibe of yesterday's game, um, the defense came out lights out. Um, I wanted to oh, actually. God. I wanted. I, I said this on Twitter, and I wanted to get your opinion. We got about yeah, we got about half an hour left, so that's plenty of time. I wanted to get your opinion. Larry Kruger had brought up an interesting point. Uh, he had some issues with some um, clock management uh, things that, that Kyle Shanahan did. And, and the one that I wanted to get specifically your opinion about is we got the ball back with 47 seconds left um, right before halftime. It was 17 to 6 at that point. And I believe I want to say we go three and out. We I, I, I know we actually. Been... Sorry, I interrupt you. I think we were. I think that the Chargers had just gotten a touchdown. I just watched the highlights literally when we first jumped yeah. on. They were we were up seventeen fourteen. They had gotten a touchdown. Um, but I think what you're going to ask is something along the lines of: Should we obviously have done something there to kind of go into the half with a three point lead instead of giving them the opportunity to get the ball back? Go well, back to kick the field goal. Well. It, 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 in all fairness to Kyle Shanahan, um, and we'll, this will be the next thing that we cover is the special teams because um, they deserve to be called out. Um, you don't know that we're going to give up that, that, that punt return. We, we have a, a pretty solid punt coverage unit. But um, yeah. that, that's basically my question is, is do, you, do you think that we go 
and and we handed the Brita or, or well not even Brita, we handed the Moors three times and, and take our seventeen to six lead in, in the in the third quarter. Uh, not at all. See, I, I mean, it doesn't bug me. I know it's fair for either reporters, media, whatever, to ask those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. But when someone is literally, once again, Herm Edwards, like, hello, you played to win the game. Like, I will yeah. never, ever hold it again. And we know Shanahan. I mean, the guy's gutsy. He, I mean, he has balls, straight up. And, uh, you know, do you want to play conservative? And, like, I was totally for it to try to – I was like, all right, it's time for us to get a field goal right here and go into the half with a little more of a lead. I do not like the conservative approach. And uh, I'll always ride with my quarterback, whatever, my head coach, whoever. If they want to stay aggressive and keep the keep the gas pedal on, I mean, once again, our mantra is all gas, no brakes, literally. Yeah. So are you gonna yeah. are you gonna really sit here and tell me? I mean, it, it, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Could have, should have, would have type of thing after, but no, I'll, I'll always take the aggressive approach. Look at the Chargers at the end. Like that was pretty ballsy of them to send James on that blitz. I was like, man, that is, but that one that sealed in the game. You can you can almost argue because they stayed aggressive and they didn't play a scared ball. You, you you just cannot do that, especially in today's NFL when everybody else is getting aggressive too. I think what I think that I'm with you. I'll never forget that yet again. This might have been when you started watching football. You, you might remember this, but um, the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Well, um, the, the, I believe it was. No, it wasn't wild card weekend. It was um, divisional round is when they played us. And, you know, it was when Tampa Bay's defense was, was legit. I mean, that was, oh you God. know, that was the Super Bowl. And we had gotten a little bit momentum going into halftime, uh, just right before halftime. We had gotten a momentum, and it was actually – seemed to be one of the very few times that we had, had, had started to move the ball against them. And um, Steve Mariucci took a lot of shit for um, kind of folding it in at halftime and regroup and let's get him back at halftime. And he ended up actually getting fired after that game. And it, was, it, it wasn't necessary – that wasn't necessarily cited as a reason, but that the whole mentality and – I think what Shanahan sees, and Shanahan sees that Beathard's played well. He sees that that stadium, big shout-out to the faithful, by the way, that stadium was, was easily two-thirds Niner fans. I mean, literally, it felt like it felt like a Niner home game. So, just so big shout-out to the faithful for showing up yesterday. But um, big time, big time. I, I think that Shanahan sees that the defense played relatively well, sees that, you, you know, he sees that, that we have some momentum, and I think that he realized that the defense was, was starting to, I don't want to say wear out, or, but he, you knew you were going to have to score points to win right. that. I mean, you're, you're going up against Phil Rivers. I think Sanahan saw, saw, especially considering the fact that the Chargers got the – now, if we would have got the ball back to start the second half, then maybe you, you run it out and okay you know we, let's get into the third third quarter but they were getting yeah, the we ball did, back we did first. we did get the ball back after the second half to start the game oh we did we did you're right we did you're right I'm sorry I was, I was we went three well, and out so that's what I'm here for I right? think that so I think that plus also I, I think that Shanahan's always talked about the, if people are looking for Shanahan to be a conservative coach, I think you'll always be disappointed in Kyle Shanahan. 
I just don't think it, being conservative is in his DNA. I mean, I think that that, and so to to wrap that up, that's the one. The other thing I wanted to get from you, and this one, um, I, I know where I'm going to go, but also my thing is the pass run selection. We ended up with 21 run plays, 37 passes. Do you think in a game that we had at one point a 14 nothing lead? And I'm not so much counting so much second half, a little bit second half, but do you think that that's a little too pass happy? Happy? I think I think the, I think the ball was flowing well. I thought CJ was slinging it well. Definitely, uh, definitely don't have an issue with the distribution between passing and rushing. Um, if I recall correctly, it was either in the second or the third quarter, but we actually had one of our longest drives in like years. Um, I want to say yeah. it was possibly even up there in the NFL for like. It was the longest drive since 2015, and it was the longest Niners drive since 93. So we're talking, okay. Jerry, we're talking about Jerry and Steve. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I mean, yeah. uh, so, I, so once again, we did try to play the game a little bit, and you could tell it was obvious of uh, trying to keep the Chargers offense off the field because obviously they have a lot of playmakers as well. Um, and just to throw that in there, as far as playing conservative a little early on the previous question, once again, we have the playmakers. We don't, you know, this is not the team from last year that lacked a little, you know, a little extra juice or whatever. So definitely don't have a problem with it. Um, back on track, once again, I thought Shani was doing a great job as far as what we got to remember. And I keep seeing this on damn Twitter. People are like, you got to feed Matt Brader. You got to feed Matt Brader more. You got to feed Matt Brader more. I understand, but the dude has been banged up the last couple of weeks. So. Literally, you're going to feed him yeah. more so he can possibly wind up on the IR or be gone for eight to ten weeks. Sorry. I know we're all desperate to win, but that sounds kind of idiotic. Trust me, Shani knows what he's doing, yeah, and he, if he could run right a little more, he would. I think also um, some of Matt Breida's success is – okay, I think that a lot of Matt Breida's early success has to do with more the fact that he has um, 20 or uh, – uh, six or rushes of 20 yards or more. I think that's going to obviously a 66 yarder and, and things like that. I think people, uh, I call them stat, stat watchers. Yeah. Where it's, it's at the end of the day, like I can read the highlights to you right now. Okay. So I have the newspaper in front of me right now. I can read, for example, Okay, this is not the NFL, but yeah, okay. Like, I mean, I could sit here and I could read stats and I could say, oh, this person has this, this person has this, but you know, and not. Yep. I'm not saying these people don't watch the game, but I think that who knows? Who Matt knows? comes from the fact is that that Matt Breed is not the type of, of running back that will pound you you hand the rock 25 times a game to, mm-hmm. and so I think Matt Breida is very good in, in his role and how they're using him. And I think that if it's it's a good balance because I think that that, that eight point six yards a carry that going into yesterday's game, I don't I don't know exactly what it's at now. Yeah. Um it's you would see that dip significantly. I, yeah. I think that a lot of times people say, Oh, people think more we give him the ball, the more you know, he's obviously going to have the same type, right. type of success, and I don't, I don't think that that's going to carry over. I don't but think but that injury, if, if, if the you injury give factor, though. Lot, I'm, I'm sorry? 
the injury factor. I mean, it's just, it's just in, in my opinion, it's kind of like the bottom line. Once again, we also need him for the receiving game. I thought going into it, we're going to use him a lot more in the receiving game where he can kind of avoid tackles and do his kind of thing there. I thought, I thought Morris was going to get fed a lot, but obviously he was a lot more banged up than we anticipated as well. He barely got the ball. Yeah. I don't four remember carries yesterday. Four carries, 14 yards. Yeah, four carries. I, I was about to say, I don't remember him getting the ball much. I remember him yeah, catching the ball. I got the, the box score right in front of me in case you want me to read you out yeah. anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. How much did Breda end up having yesterday? Breda had uh, nine carries uh, for 39 yards, 4.3 average, and then he also had a 31 yard, 32 yards, excuse me, with a 10.7 average in, uh, in the receiving game by getting three catches. So that's 71 total scrimmage yards. That's not bad. That's not bad considering – especially considering that let's call it the Jimmy G cool effect. And when I say the Jimmy G cool effect is that Matt Breida was obviously playing with a light uh, majority of the time. The Niners were playing with a light box. That's because uh, teams don't want to do with what, what uh, Gus Bradley clearly had playing a quarterback one-on-one yesterday with their defensive plan. You blitz the hell out of them. And you blitz the hell out of them, and you switch your coverage, show multiple coverages, blitz the hell out of them, and and you and you stack the box and dare him, dare C.J. Beathard to beat you. So considering with all that going against us, that's not too bad. Also, I think a lot of those that pass run ratio is that. I feel Shanahan felt that you needed to to to, to score. I, I think he felt that that game had a kind of a close to a a, a, a blowout or uh, not blowout shootout type of feel. I mean that could have very well. If I, I think if we don't go on that twenty-one play drive that killed like ten minutes and forty-six seconds, so essentially killed the what, what was it third quarter. Yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, it only led to a field goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, led by a field goal. I think that to 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 kind of get a little bit wrapped up the 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 negative aspects of it is that and kind of kind of put a bow on this week is that uh, Ted Robinson. If you go to the uh, Niners Facebook page or or the website, they'll have it, or maybe it's just Facebook. Um, he he talked about there's about three or four plays yesterday that if you maybe make one or two of them or have not one, like basically the big play that everybody's going to talk about is the, um, the pick in the red zone. That's obviously um, I would put that as number one reason we lost yesterday, but also I want to say it was on the reverse. If if you watch the reverse that they did, uh, we played it. Excellent. We played it the way that you're supposed to play the diverse. The the thing that the last thing, and I, I don't like to, to do this a lot, but the refs miss, I believe, three critical calls. That was one of them. There was a clear blatant, I believe it was Gre- Greg Maven. It was, a, oh no, it's Exum. There was a clear blatant block in the back that they missed. I saw a face mask they didn't call. And there was probably about one or two holding calls that they, you know, blatant holding calls they missed. But 
I think that to put a to put a bow on it, we played well enough to win. I think the the the, the discouraging part I felt coming out of yesterday's game was the Chargers pretty much essentially did everything to hand us that game. They missed two extra points, a field goal. You had a pick six. They had absolutely no home field advantage at that game. It was actually kind of sometimes confusing because I would hear the crowd get loud and I would look up at the TV and expect to see the Chargers score or something and it would be something for the Niners. And I'd be like, oh, damn. Like it almost, like my heart would start pumping. Like, what happened? Like, I thought something bad happened. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think that uh, to, before I, I'm going to wrap this up and get your overall uh, feeling on the game. Uh, played good enough to win, encouraged by what I saw. Um, if, like you said, if I think you put it up great. If you know some, if you're not playing for for draft position, if that's not your overall goal for this year, you're encouraged by what you saw. Um, for sure. If you are going for draft position, then if if you, if you want the Niners to get the highest draft pick possible, yesterday is like damn near winning the Super Bowl for you because you saw the team play great. You know, you identified maybe some holes that um, need to be, you know, some depth issues that we have. Found out that you have some depths in some areas that maybe you, you know, all of a sudden maybe we're not as thin at safety that people may think we were. I think Exum has showed um, has showed somebody he's at least worth another look. You know, so, so maybe mind extending him a year, maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean he yeah. played really good and tart absence. And obviously, we'll get we'll, we'll get John yeah. back next week. And uh, I don't. Uh, here's a question. I'm sorry to ask while I'm at it really quick. Yeah. What's the deal with Colbert? Do you think it was possibly a little of a low key of a benching? Because he is a little banged up, or you think that the injury was significant enough to that's why DJ restarted? I guess Shani said it was due to reps of why DJ restarted. I guess DJ Reed got more safety yeah, reps during I'm, the week. I'll put it to you this way. I think that Adrian Colbert is – I think they're trying to look – I don't want to say replace him, but I'm Maybe trying to give him a game to kind of observe and get healthy. Observe. I don't want to say replace him. But I, they're trying to see if they have better on the roster. Is, you think, you if that makes what it sense. Was yesterday? I I think it's it was it was uh, not necessarily saying oh you know Colbert's not going to be our starter, but let's kind of I think you might start to see um, because it was also interesting. I don't know if you caught this, but I was told um, the the on the Niner broadcast, the KMBR broad or KGL broadcast, it was said that. Um, Ward was essentially benched. Oh, uh, they were rotating. I think they were rotating based on the wide receiver well, matchup, which I thought was I kind think. of smart. Kyle Shanahan had mentioned that that, that they had planned to play Maven, and he he had looked somebody that earned playing time over the course is um, because I think translated out of coach speech is I think they're extremely disappointed with Jimmy Ward and they want to possibly look at his re- – see if his replacement's on the roster. Sure. And kind of I think advantage that of, like, the moment. Yeah. Kind of kind of say, hey, um, Jimmy, your ankle's kind of bothering you and you haven't been playing up to par. Well, why don't you go ahead and rest that ankle and, you know, let's see if your replacement's on, on the roster. 
here's what I just thought about. I mean, like when you're going up against Mike Williams and the dude is six four, six five, or whatever, and then Jimmy Ward is five eleven. That's why I think it was a little legit of like, hey, let's just see how how Megan matches up. I remember Chris Colbert started as a rookie versus freaking Calvin Johnson. Why? Because he had the size, and it actually worked out yeah. pretty well. Well, also, so, uh, let's not pretend like we didn't watch Brandon Marshall kill Jimmy Ward the first ever game at Levi's in the, in the third and fourth quarters. Jimmy oh, yeah. Jimmy oh, Ward has, has really struggled against bigger, taller receivers throughout his career. Yeah, it's, yeah, he was a rookie. The number one yeah. thing. The number one thing. Also, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and after I say this, I'll get your your final wrap up on on the game and whatnot. But I, I clearly say that we played um, the NFL is, is competitive league and we keep, but we're missing um, a Melvin Gordon. I, or I shouldn't say that because Matt Breida is all right, and I think that Jer- I think Jerick McKinnon and Matt Breida can give you what what you know Melvin gives you. I think I that we're missing we're missing a pass rusher, rusher and we're missing oh, yeah. a, a a the Chargers clearly had a go to, go to it's in the red zone. We need a touchdown. They clearly have those players, and I think that besides Kittle, um, we clearly don't. Yeah. I Boy, think uh, big shout-out to KB, who got two tough touchdowns yesterday. I mean, he did a solid job replacing yeah. Pettis, I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was hoping that the team would put out something uh, as far as um, – we put out something as far as um, uh, update on injuries, but I haven't seen anything um, so far as far as that's concerned. I think, think Shannon's going to go on like 10, 15 minutes, no? Don't think, don't think go on at yeah, 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about 4 o'clock. Um, also, um, while we have the listeners on and you on and everything like that, uh, me and Adam – are going to be trying to um, work out a longer schedule um, for for the show. We also have a special announcement that Monday, the Green Bay game, we're going to be going and doing a um, a post uh, a, a pregame show. So we're we're going to be excited about. I'm really looking forward to, to that, man. Um, my ultimate goal is pretty much always kind of trying to be the Niners pre and postgame host. Ever since I kind of find out that they have a pregame show and a postgame show, that's kind of always – that's kind of how Niner Faithful evolved. I kind of wanted it to be a postgame show. Um, so, so pretty excited about that. Um, also, nice. we're going to be working on something. Um, if anybody is interested um, in doing a sports show, we're, we're – thinking or well I'm thinking about opening up Niner Faithful radio and um I kind of bad to use this on air but um I was thinking if if we do a a website Adam uh maybe doing a little 49ers insider Niner Faithful radio combined yeah. and we can get a lot of I feel that we can get a lot of writing content I know that you got a couple people behind 49ers insiders we can go ahead and and get out some pretty dope writing content and we can keep our, our listeners uh, pretty up to date. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, you're that much more strong when we are together, right? Yep, yep, yep. All right, so uh, everybody, um, 
we're going to go ahead and um, uh, before I let you go, go ahead and, and give your final just kind of wrap up on the on the week. All right. Um, yeah, I was just I was just kind of going over the box score a little more. So all in all, I thought we really totally did a good job yesterday. Once again, in my opinion, um, Selig doesn't bounce that out of his hands and uh, doesn't lead to a pick. The second thing about that too is the defense tried to make up for it. Um, Greg Maven, if you remember, forced out a fumble, but freaking DJ Reed was running so fast with his momentum. And obviously, at the, the moment, you're not sure what Chargers guys are around, but we almost came up with that fumble that would have at least, you know, that, like I said, that's a 14 point swing. At least if we get the fumble recovery back, then it's like a wash. You know what I'm saying? So, don't, uh, don't, at the end of the day. Don't get me started on that play, brother, because um, literally you had a whole um, uh, basically sports bar full of people who were ready to kill that referee yesterday. Uh, yeah, oh, that was, And I thought to myself, well, he was out of bounds, and he never had possession of the ball. Why Why? Why was the ball out? Mm-hmm. Like, the guy, okay, I understand yeah, DJ Reed was out of bounds, but he never had possession of the ball. So why, why does it matter? It's not like basketball where if you touch it and you're out of bounds, I think. Yeah, um, you I know, the ball's automatically out if you were standing out when you touched it, but I don't think it's like that in football. I don't know. Maybe it's a rule. Maybe also, that's why they held it. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and finish after this. Just one comment. Uh, what not yeah. surprise me is a lot of times that the NFL rulebook is so thick that honestly, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm not trying to start a con- controversy or anything. But sometimes I think these refs just make the shit up as they go, and they just honestly kind of go by what makes the most sense. I'm pretty sure that that ref probably didn't even know the. the he, I'm not saying maybe that particular play, but I, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he didn't even know the technical rule and he thought it was basketball style. I agree. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um so to add to that, we held we held Philip Rivers to two hundred and fifty yards. I thought that was pretty solid. Um hate to bring this up. I know it technically now it's worthy of actually bringing it up in my opinion. Tackling once again led to some big first downs from them. Um, you know, what's called uh sorry, Melvin Gordon had fifteen carries, hundred and four yards, six point nine average, but you take out some missed tackles. Um once again, is that is that kind of something you make some certain stops there, and that leads to obviously them scoring? You know, you you take out some of those missed tackles. You're like, well, does that kind of make it enough? Other than that, Keenan Allen led them in uh, receiving yards with just 63. They spread the ball out pretty good. You know, Melvin Gordon had seven catches, 55 yards. Once again, all in all, came down to the. I think it kind of came down to that Sully play. Um, if you're a moral victory kind of guy like I am, I kind of take it. I'm hoping the ultimate silver lining is maybe you can look back around draft time. I don't want to piss off anybody out there and act like I'm already in super tank mode. Um, but yeah. it could be one of those, you know, the difference of one victory could be just enough in, in draft positioning where, who knows, that might be the difference of getting a Nick Bosa, maybe not getting him. So uh, you just never know. All at the end of the day, we played good enough to win. Yeah, I think that they clearly, um, clearly we're, we're not a football team that packed it in and all that, having C.J. back and everything um, is not... Well, let's be uh, honest. So the, the, the Chargers are a playoff contender, you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I wanted to let you know uh, before, we're going to try to get this going around. Um, I'm trying to get some shirts made. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, bro, but I'm trying to get shirts made that somehow have a uh, you know, we're going to get into trademark issues and things, but I want to kind of – something that represents that people could clearly see it's DJ Beathard, and then on the top it's going to say, he ain't no Rudy Pooh. <laughs> yeah, so – Four nine fans were out there, I think. Thanks for coming on this week, bro. 
Uh, really appreciate it. For sure. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my man. Yeah, uh, yep. uh, um, Take care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll meet you up. Stay positive, Niner fans. It's all good, baby. Let's get this victory against the Cards. Two and three going on Monday Night Football. We'll see what happens. Let's do it. All right, y'all. Um, really like to thank Adam for coming on. Uh, before we get out of here, I need to grab my notes. And before we get out of here, I'd like to remind everybody to go to patreon.com forward slash nine faithful radio. Check out all the great rewards we got for you contributing to the show there. Go to cgiant.com and use the promo code nine faithful radio, all one word, and save on your all ticket purchases. And go ahead and email me if you're an advertiser looking to advertise on Niner Faithful Radio. I shall see y'all next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, big shout-out goes to a very special person. And, Casey, really appreciate you listening this week, love. Look forward to getting your opinions. Thanks to everybody that listened, not just you, but I thought I'd shout you out. Happy birthday, Mama. Um, hopefully, I hope you have many, many, many more. Because I'm not ready to bury my mama yet. I'll probably never be ready to bury my mama. So um, I love all y'all. I shall see y'all next week. Till then, peace, love, and happiness. Go Niners.